Hello and welcome to episode number two of the Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast. We're about to begin, but before I do, hold on, I just need to finish up something here real quick. Oh no. There we go. That should do it. Okay, let's get this thing started. Thank you, thank you, everybody. Welcome back to episode number two of the Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast. This is the second episode, and this is, the, of course, the show that takes a look at the hottest relationship drama and the oh-my-gosh drama on television. And this show is being recorded live in front of an internet audience using TalkShoe.com. And now here are your hosts, Stephanie and Kim. Hi, Steph. How you doing tonight? I'm trying to breathe. I know. I'm like so wired over here. It's just like <gasps> I had I had to walk away from this room and, and try to regroup and, and breathe. Honestly, there was the holy mother of moment today. It was the whole and I episode. I think we're all going to agree on what that one moment was. It was the whole episode. It was really? the whole thing piled together. It was. Far too much to put. Uh, uh, I I I can't take it all in. <laughs> really, it, it it was pretty darn amazing. It I was. Oh gosh, was. I I was making my commentary um that I write during the show as I'm watching it, and I'm sitting here writing all of this stuff down, and I'm like, there's just too much. I can't do it all. <laughs> I, I ran out of room in my spreadsheet, so I had to create a new spreadsheet. And I'm like, oh god. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. Yeah, I, I'm totally, I'm still, my my mind is just reeling from all that I have just witnessed. And um, I'm sitting there, and at the end, when obviously um, Meredith has flatlined, and I'm sitting there, and they're showing, you know, the red and the green lines, and I'm like, okay, now beep. You know, okay, now beep. And I told her, I hate when the TV will not do what I am willing it to do. Yes. You know, I am, yes. I am telling you to do something. Now do it. And it just wouldn't happen. And then we see our beloved Denny. That was bizarre. Very. I was sitting here going, it's the bomb guy. It's the bomb guy. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it's Denny. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, You know, when she, when she was laying there and she took in the breath, I thought that at first everything we had just seen would be a dream. That's what I had thought, too. And then, yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... I, I'm on an emotional roller coaster today. I'm in the middle of, actually, I'm at the end of um, a novel I have been reading that has taken me to emotional places that I have to say I, I haven't gone in a long time. So I've been weeping all day. And then I, I honestly, I think that there are no more tears for me left to cry. Oh. And then they show the look on Christina's face when she that, gathers that's the what others. first got the tears going for me and it that broke was me. the moment Absolutely. where i started getting the tears well up in my eyes and i'm sitting here like blowing air at my face with my hands going oh god yeah keep it under control kim you gotta write notes it was it, it was an amazing 
you know, what is it? 42, 45 minutes of television. Amazing. And I will absolutely agree with them that they totally blew the Super Bowl episode last year. The whole bomb thing. You know, they they have far surpassed that. And they have raised the bar. They have. But you know what? I am very upset with the writers and the producers of Grey's Anatomy. Tell me why. This is the second week in a row that they have done this to us. First, Meredith's gone. We don't know what happened. And now we're like, she's dead. That's oh, what, God, yeah. is she going to die? Are they going to bring her back? She has been down for so long. They cannot bring her back well, and they without have no there idea. being longstanding repercussions. Absolutely. And, and you know, and they have no idea how long she was in the water. You know? And, and so right. it's just, yeah. I... I, I you know, told Cliff the same thing. This is how they're going to end it? You're kidding me. We have to sit here and deal with this for a whole Another week. Another week. A whole Ugh. week. What am I supposed to do with that? Yes. <laughs> what? I mean, what's going to happen? Are they going to be able to revive her? Is she going to end up in some kind of a mental state where she's going to be in a bed in the same room as her mother in the nursing home? No, we Gosh, are... I hope not. Okay. We are expecting the kind of miracle that can only happen on television. Yes. You know, I, I want the miracle that can only happen on television. And and I expect it from them. And if they don't give it to me, I don't know where I will go next. Because, um, hello, do they realize the show is named after this character? <laughs> I mean. Well, isn't the show named after a book? Isn't there a, a book? Yeah, I think so. book called Grey's Anatomy? And I mean, yes, obviously I, it's, a play on, it's a play on Meredith's last name. But. Yeah, but it's the, it's the procedure that, that Ellis. Yes, I think that it's a book on a procedure that Ellis had created. Uh, Maggie in the chat room has asked a question. Okay. And she wants to know, do you guys think that the show could go on without Meredith? No. (laughs) Probably. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe the more appropriate question to us at the moment is, would we be happy if the show went on without Meredith? No. I would be pissed off if the show went on without Meredith. Hey, this is a family show. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I would be too. I would be too. Um, hang my head in shame. Didn't you just say? Didn't you just say last week that Meredith was your favorite character? Yes. Yeah, and I think she is for a lot of people. So, not so much that it can't go on without her, but that we don't want to see it go on without her, and it definitely not at this stage in the game. I mean, they're only halfway through season three. You know, there's still so many other places that they can take her. And I will tell you that by listening to the official um, Grey's Anatomy podcast with Shonda Rhimes last week, I don't think the show is going to go on without Meredith because they talked about the places where they're taking you know, her and Derek's relationship and, and all these other things. So, Spoiler I, um... alert. <laughs> Sorry. True. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Uh... <laughs> Forget the whole spoiler thing. We're like, oh. This is an accidental spoiler podcast. Moving right along. Anyway. Don't rewind and listen to it. So. (sighs) Cliff. Keep keep it in line now. Silent partner there. Silent partner. There was one really big thing that bothered me in this show. What's that? The whole time. Christina. She is so self-centered, and it was really getting on my nerves this show because she kept saying, where's Meredith? I want Meredith. And she didn't care about how it affected Karev. She didn't care about how it affected Izzy or anybody else. And George is like, I was out there. You don't know what it is. And Christina was just like, 
yeah, I know. And I'm jealous. It's like, it's not about the jealousy. It's not about the fact that they were out there. It's about the fact that it was absolutely horrid. See, now, I, I, I would disagree with you there. Absolutely. Because Christina is, see, I, I, have, I have that person in my life, that it person, that mm-hmm. is honestly more important than any other person. And so I, I can feel where Christina is coming from in that she, for her, she has to tell Meredith this, this part of her life. You know, she has to share this with her. And they're all selfish, you know. I mean, Izzy comes in, you know, hello, I'm a rock star. She doesn't care what <laughs> Christina's going through right now. And, and so they're all in a very selfish place. I wouldn't call, I wouldn't point her out as the only selfish one. No, I'm not saying she was the only selfish one. I thought that it and was... And I love her selfishness. It, it was just bizarre. I, I do. I like her selfishness too, but I, I just thought it was so much of a selfish focus on just her and that relationship with her friend in light of this humongous catastrophe But how much, just how much, how, okay, um, Cliff, I'm going to get to you in just a second. I see you waving at me. Um, That's my request to talk button. That, yeah, he, he's waving his request to talk. <laughs> Maggie wants to say something as well. Okay, just a minute. Maggie, you're after Cliff, but I'm first um, because <laughs> it's my show. <laughs> Sorry, a <laughs> little self-centeredness there. In all of the moment. Um Oh, people, hush Now, up. I totally forgot where I was going with it. This is that figure. We were talking okay, about Christina so being self-centered. How much of it was her self-centeredness and how much of it was Christina being concerned in the only way that Christina knows to be concerned? All of, all of her friends had come back. She'd seen people come in with patients and not Meredith. Meredith is the only one who has not come back yet. And so how much of it is Christina being selfish and how much is it Christina being concerned for her it person, for her best friend. Yeah, but think about when when Burke and her went into that other room by themselves and she's like, I, I just need Meredith. I need to tell her. She is my my person. She is my person. I have to tell her. And it just doesn't seem seem it's like it doesn't seem real for her until she tells Meredith. And and to me hearing that, it makes me believe that it was more about her than it was about her being concerned that Meredith wasn't back. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and let Cliff... Anyway, in case people didn't guess, uh, (laughs) my husband Cliff is joining us. Um, He is only talking when I let him talk. And uh, (laughs) he is so gracious enough to produce this podcast for me because I really have no idea how to do it myself. And uh, so go ahead. What do you want to share? I just want to share on the idea that I I don't think that uh, Christina should should actually be any different today than if it was just your normal day in the in the hospital. And I think Alex Karev, um, who, is is that his name? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm learning, guys, just uh, bear with me. Uh, but anyway, Alex Karev, when Stephanie introduced him to me, it was, this is the cocky guy. First of all, I've seen now six episodes, and I haven't seen Mr. Cocky Guy come out yet. Uh, I actually think he's one of the best characters out there. And so, so far, from what I've seen in the last six, and Stephanie tells me he's grown a lot. But what I saw when they were in the the place where they had all the dead bodies, he he's like, you know, it's called I, a morgue. I, I know. I I'm dealing with all of these these people out here. I mean, I can't stand dealing with people. This. I want to deal with patients. And George says, which is totally awesome. Patients are people. That's like hello, great. hello. <laughs> That's a great line. So 
Go ahead. So the point is, though, is the fact is, is that um, George is like, doesn't this bother you? All this death. They're doctors. They people die in front of them every day. This is their work. Matter of fact, I, I think that that what they're doing there is they're disassociating their feelings from from the events that are going on around them. And even when Izzy comes back, we're all excited about for, for you know, hey, I drilled some holes. Hold on, where's it at? Get off of it. We're done. We, I drilled some holes out there, you know, and 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 I was a superstar. I mean, but you haven't mentioned the fact that she was very selfish. And she was out there. I did. Oh, did you? I did. I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely. She was incredibly selfish. But but let's see what... You um, going through a big traumatic thing that's going to affect her. Yeah, she's going to be focused on that for a while because it did affect her. You know, when I lost my home to the flood, man, that's all I could talk about for the longest time. Right. Yeah. It might have been about me, but it was working my way through what had just happened to me. You know, I can understand that. It is about being selfish, but it is also about dealing with that trauma. Absolutely. Okay, go ahead, Maggie. Okay, well, hold on, I've got, like, five things to say. Um, Christina was so worried because she and Meredith, I think, are the closest. Mm-hmm. It's it, Christina and Meredith, George and um, Izzy, and then Alex is just kind of on his own. So they kind of have their little, their person, their best friend, and that's why she was so worried. And she just had to tell her best friend because... You tell your best friend your good news before you tell everybody else. Absolutely. I, when my sister got engaged, she for it to be real, she had to call and tell me. I mean, I, I understand that with Christina. Right. And I get that, too. I get that. I realize it. But what I keep going back to is that huge catastrophe and that trauma that is encircling everybody on the Grace Okay, but team. no one... I mean, you, you keep pointing out how selfish Christina is, but no one else is acting different outside how they normally act. They're all dealing with the cat- t- catastrophe as themselves. And, so right, just like right, Chris said, I why should be, she be any different? But Maggie had a couple more things she wanted to say. <laughs> Christina's a little mad because she didn't get to go to the site. Absolutely. That's also part yeah. of it. Kim, she's because... with you. She's pissed off. <laughs> Excuse me. As the producer of the show here, on, Shut up. no explicit tags on my shows. Oh, pissed <laughs> does not include We're not explicit, explicit yet. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Keep this up, and we're and about Andy to get explicit. Andy is allowed to be a rock star because she—that's the first time she's had anything to do. She's just been watching, and that's a whole—you know—when you're when you have those skills, which she obviously does, and you can't use them, you think you, she lost her self-confidence, and so she—you know—Alex used to have self-confidence. Now Izzy has more, and Izzy won't be as bad as Alex was, but I just. So I was just so happy Izzy pulled through it and, you know, was able to be a rock star. Absolutely. I I absolutely loved when Izzy told the guy's friend, look, you cannot freak out because if you freak out, I'm going to freak out. If you are going to be sick, if you are going to faint, if you can't handle this. You need to walk away. Oh, don't forget vomit. I thought vomit. That, that was really funny because... I said be sick. I was trying to... I in the last episode, Izzy was like, you think he's, you know, hold his hand. You think he's in pain now. He's not in pain. And I think this was a very similar comment. You know, you think Is I'm freaking out. Is that a prequel to I'm going to drill out. holes in his yeah. head? <laughs> kind of. Must be. It's foreshadowing there. I'm just... Which Cliff was totally cringing at. And I'm telling you, I had cried so much today that... Izzy is drilling holes in the guy's head, and I'm laughing because I had no other emotion left to show. And anyway, um, I'm going to have to podcast on that book because it has just ripped me in a way that I 
anyway, it's totally changed me. That can be a special yeah. episode of My Crazy Life. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Well, you know what was neat about um, the Izzy situation <laughs> and, and doing the burr holes in his head and fixing all of that was the chief's smile at the end there. And my, my first thought was, why is he smiling? Is he smiling because he's proud of himself that he has walked her through this? Is he proud of her or is he just happy that... Um, that the guy survived and that he is is doing better or is it a combination of all three i'd say it's all the above but i think more in that moment he's proud of her and her ability to i mean we've all seen izzy get emotionally connected with her patients um everyone she's ever come in contact with she has been personally involved with and so to see her be able to do that and to be the surgeon that she needed to be, to be the doctor that she needed to be, in that instance, without giving second thought to, you know, his family or the, the buddies standing around him, but to be able to treat him right in, in the best way that she could, I think that he was proud of her in that moment. I, I, I agree with you. Okay. I think there's so, much, so many reasons for him to have been smiling there. I thought that was really nice to see. Yes, absolutely. Now, I have to say, in the very beginning, when they first showed um, the chief and and Preston standing next to each other, I think they were looking at an x-ray or something, I had totally forgot that he colored his hair. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to laugh out loud again and say, oh, yeah, Richard colored his hair. (laughs) Um, What were some other important... uh, There were other important parts that I wanted to bring out. Um, Okay, I almost started crying at the opening narrative. You know, Mira's head popped out of the water and, you know, she's whispering and talking this narrative, the voiceover, and she says, there's more I have to say, so much more, but I disappeared. And I'm like, no, you can't disappear. I'm like screaming at the TV. You can't go anywhere. See, you were willing it to change just like I was. Cliff, what do you need to say? I I was, Stephanie and I had an argument on on whether or not, and now uh, uh, granted and forgive me for not having the season one, season two, and beginning of season three backstory. But it seemed to me that she was she was treading water, and similar similarly as she did in the bathtub in in the first part of this uh, three part series, um, she took herself under the water, and Stephanie said insists that she was telling McDreamy the truth that she would have come up on her own that she didn't need to be saved, and the thing I is I didn't is, say that she didn't need to be saved. Okay, I, you didn't say that, but the fact is, is I said that this is seemingly to me this was the second time that she has quote unquote given up, and it looked to me when she actually was treading water, she not so much went into hypothermia, but she was still very much conscious when she actually decided to quit kicking and slowly sink down. And it reminded me of that bathtub scene. And Stephanie disagrees with me. I I very much disagree with you. I think that it could be, you know, maybe it is a combination of giving up and the hypothermia and the exhaustion uh, of, of fighting. But I don't, in my mind, want to believe that she gave up. That's, I mean, that's all. And that's, I will continue to disagree with you because I don't want to believe that. I don't Even think if they that say she that. gave up in the bathtub scene at all. And, and in the beginning of the show with the narrative going on, and she said, but I disappeared. And Cliff is right. She was treading water, and she was trying very hard. And it did almost seem like she kind of gave up. But the comment in the narrative says, but I disappeared. I have so much to say. Leads me to believe that she she didn't give up. She just couldn't anymore. 
I got that, and 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 I and I will concede that you guys are probably right, and you guys know her character better than I do. Uh, even the little bit that I've seen in the six episodes doesn't lead me to believe that she's one to give up. But given the fact that the only um, uh, context I have of her character is knowing how hard she's dealing with what's just happened to her mother losing her again. again. Right. That was so that's thing. the only okay. thing that... Re- and even there was, there was even some flashing of her mother uh, in, in some of that. Right. So that, okay. that that's where my thoughts came from. There are three more. There there are three big points that, that I'm going back to my corner now. Very good. You're, you're <laughs> it's a good place for you. <laughs> okay. Now I don't mind being a little third wheel over here, but I'm not really. I'm really. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm emotionally drained from my day, and and I cannot. I cannot pat you on the back all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Sit over there and be quiet. Oh my! Cliff, gosh. you bring up some valid points. Very good. All right, I got. Thank I got <laughs> Boost him as a man because I don't have it right now. <laughs> he he needs somebody to pat him on the back. Okay, three things that I have to talk about that were important, but not, um, but not covered in a way that they would stand out. Number one was the little girl. I I had just about had it with this little girl being by herself, and I even out loud said, somebody better step up and take care of, for, of this little girl, right as her mother ran up and said, oh, thank God I That's found you. That's exactly what I said at that exact moment like, in time, too. I can't take this child being by herself any longer. I, what kind of people? I mean, there's all these adults running around, and finally, you know, when she's standing at the edge of the dock there looking over, the guy finally picks her up and takes her away. I mean, it's about time somebody finally actually know. picked her up and took responsibility for her. So that was great, but it's like, why do these people just keep setting her down or saying stay here or just walking setting away. her in the middle yeah. of something and walking away? That is totally not responsible. No, not at all. And um, so that was that was her finding her mother was a very good, a very good. Um, closure for me I needed that I needed them to close that and to find her mom because I couldn't see that little girl next week walking around by herself oh yes the second which I think brings Addison's character very very close to being full circle for me um is walking in and saying Meredith not now or whatever the exact words were that she said but seeing Derek's face and knowing how much he absolutely loves her oh and for Addison to admit that, but not only to admit that, to go one step further and to will Meredith to live, I think has brought Addison's character so far. Yes. And has grown her in ways that we are totally going to see throughout the rest of the season. It was such a touching moment when that, that door came open when somebody came in and Addison turned around and she saw the guys, you know, yeah. Mark and Derek sitting on the ground out there and Derek's head is just down and he looks up and his eyes are all sunken and he's got tears and his face is red and he just looks physically and emotionally drained. And you could see the reaction in Addison. I thought that was just so amazing, amazing. and it was so touching. It got, it moved my heart hats off to kate hats off to kate she did that in an amazing way absolutely that totally brings me to the third point that i absolutely have to to point out Derek's sitting in the hallway totally broken by himself and mark comes up and sits down next to him doesn't speak a word doesn't try to to understand and puts his hand on his arm and in that moment 
in that moment, nothing that has happened between them in the last year, year and a half, however long it's been, matters. But they grew up and they are like brothers. And, and in that moment, other. they were able, absolutely. And see, and I, I have a friendship like that. I have a friend who I can just sit with and we don't have to speak and we don't have to, you know, make up, you know, phony conversation that one of us could be going through something so traumatic that all we have to do is sit together and we know each other in that way. So I right. have that friend. And that's what I felt from those two at that moment. It did not matter what had happened between them. Right. They were bonded as brothers. I thought it was amazing, amazing. that you could just sit there and, and, and be that comfort to Derek without having to do anything. I know. And th- and that's exactly what Derek needed at the moment. He didn't need anybody to talk him through and to say, hey, think different things Everything's can happen. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. He didn't need that. He didn't want that at the moment. You could see it. He just... He was drained. There was nothing left to Derek, and he just needed somebody there. And when when Mark put his hand on, on Derek's arm, and I just went, oh, God, no, that's just what amazing. he needed. I could feel for Derek that that's just what he needed. It, it was amazing. So I'm going to Cl- – Cliff is raising his hand at me again. And are you wanting to talk nope. or is someone this else? One, this one is uh, Remarkable Mark oh. uh, from uh, the – Mark! Remark- <laughs> it's been so long. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> so How are right. you? <laughs> good. After all of that dramatic talk, I don't know if I want to share my comment because I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here we go. When, share it. When Derek, pulled, when Derek pulled Meredith out of the water and they had that slow motion shot and she was like bright blue, I kept thinking to myself, if she lives, they're going to have to call her McSmurphy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Now, I have to say, I told Cliff. You notice how blue she was? I know. She I told him. Amazing. I said their makeup their makeup team needs an award because that was amazing. Just the way they brought her up and how drastically different his complexion and hers was at that moment. McSmurphy. That yeah. is good. I like that. That might be what we titled this episode. McSmurphy. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I agree with, with what you guys were saying about uh, Mark and Derek. And, I, you know, I, the nature of this kind of show, I mean, obviously, it's, it's very different from other dramatic shows in that it is very soap opera-ish. And, it, and the, the characters do sort of turn on a dime in a way you wouldn't see in other more realistic dramas. And so I think in the grand scheme of that, I think we are going to see the you know the quote-unquote enemies becoming friends again and maybe even people who were friends becoming enemies again i mean after what izzy said to george you know maybe he's going to get mad at izzy again you know i think that's a big possibility there that you know yeah george didn't really react to it then when izzy said it but i think that you know it's going to be one of those delayed reactions things you're dealing you're dealing with the immediate right now which is the possible demise of their best friend and and I think that George will deal with that later. See, the one you know, thing if, I got... If it is either anger or if it's a realization that, oh, gosh, maybe Izzy is right. Okay, but the one thing I got from George in that moment and his emotion is that he's still very much in love with Meredith. Yes. Very much. And here's what I think. Go it, ahead. It, it, and, and, you say that? Hold on one second, Mark. Go ahead. Um, one thing is, is that being involved in ministry, I have obviously been around people in times of, of, of extreme crisis situations. Uh, we've actually lost a very close friend of ours who committed suicide. And and um, it's amazing how people, regardless of what your differences have been in the past, how that can completely 
overshadow anything that you've ever had against each other and completely put you on a completely different course in your life uh, individually and then and and also uh, put together relationships that that would just otherwise been impossible to fathom could ever happen and, and I have seen that time and time again so I, I don't know that I, I, I can't I can't say that you know this isn't more of a soap opera-ish kind of drama, but I do know that the type of drama that you guys are discussing is very much real life, and it does happen in the in that way. I said, tragedy bonds people. Tragedy bonds and, people. Well, no, I, I wasn't, and I wasn't saying that that type of thing doesn't happen. I just mean in the in the sort of the, the lexicon of this show, you know, they do turn on a dime. You do see sudden shifts, uh, unlike you know the way you'd see on other shows, and. It's funny that you mentioned that because I think that in that moment I saw the the possibility that down the line you could see uh, something happening between Izzy and George. Like it sounded like Izzy was actually you know letting George uh, know that the the marriage was a mistake because maybe down, deep down she has feelings for George, not just friend feelings. You know. Hmm. I like that. I do like that, Mark. Very good. Very good. Okay. I don't know where to go next. How about, <laughs> how about how about George's boy? The boy under his nose the whole time. Yeah, and right before right before he walked into that OR, I said, "We sure haven't seen Callie O'Malley this." <laughs> I was just like right on top of this episode. Let me tell you, I I just thought it was really bizarre that they went down to check the morgue before they checked the surgical board for all the the John and Jane Does. I thought that was really odd. You know, I know, and George, George realized it at the end. He's like, how could I have, you know, tell me that this boy has been under my nose this whole time and I've been running around, you know, with my head cut off? I thought that was really interesting. It, it, I, I agree with you. It, it was. But I had not given any thought to looking in the morgue before the surgical board because I think George thought he had already looked everywhere. Hmm. Y- you know, I I don't know. He was because there's so much. I don't know. In that situation, there's so much more on your mind than just your task. Because right. there is, you know, well, what if I don't find him? And what if she does wake up and he's not here? And, right, right. You know, I completely so, agree. So I think that, I mean, obviously, they're all doing the best that they can. But I'm at a loss for my words right now. Hmm. I think George did a great job. I, you he know, did. It's mission accomplished. I he mean, did. I loved Very when good. he's sitting there. I, I loved when he was sitting there and he was talking about um he was talking about Bailey changing her son's middle name. <laughs> to Tupperware. <laughs> to Tupperware if he doesn't or find this boy. <laughs> and so I mean, even he felt the pressure of, you know, not only from the mother and from himself, but from Bailey and just to find this to find this child. And he did, and that's great. And so now we'll find out next week if mom and son both make it through surgery. Yeah. Okay. Um, where are we? Uh, the pregnant, the pregnant search. The I'm sorry, the search for the pregnant lady and how Karev handled it. How about that? You guys want to talk about that? We can talk about that. I am totally amazed at Alex right now. Do you share? Well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I am <laughs> because I did when when at Clint, the lengths that he went through to yes. find who this woman was well and then he's still going through he's really torn he really wants to find you know he doesn't want this woman to be a jane doe and uh, the the one being in surgery that is and um and that just 
that he wants it to be this this man's wife and he wants the two to you know to match up and go together right uh apart from this episode alone um the uh you know when cliff started watching this with me i introduced alex as the cocky one he always (laughs) had something flip to say he was you know out for himself doesn't care about anyone and you know because he doesn't do people (laughs) give me a patient i can't handle people and um but he is totally amazed me in these last several episodes how he is really changing not only as a doctor but as a man yes he is it's amazing incredibly so it's I, I really like the way the, the where they're going with his character. I do too. And I, I, really I do, do hope and I and I do think that um, Alex and Addison will get together. Because what did what did Alex say to her at the end? Um, oh, he told oh, her yeah, that if she Addison was talking he would about notice. earlier. Right. Would anybody notice me if, if, if I went missing? And he came back later and said I would notice. Mm. I was so sweet. I even doesn't, thought it was sweet. Doesn't every woman Aww. want someone to tell her that they'd notice if she disappeared? I mean, you know. I think and not even just a woman, any a person. human yeah. would Absolutely. want that. So, um, Why was so, George so upset about the body being upside down? Um, George has a big sense of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Okay. He, he, a sense of a sense of what he what should happen, and you know. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, that, <laughs> no you're, you're on the right track. Absolutely. He has, I just, I can't say it any better. He has a great sense of right and wrong. And to him, that was wrong that they would not only that they would do that in, um, but to disrespect that person by placing them upside down, I think really bothered him. He, he thought they deserved more. That Absolutely. makes sense. Very cool. What else we got? I did not Izzy's take Izzy's off probation. Izzy's off probation, and she is totally psyched. She's a rock star. She's a rock star. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't take notes during this show because I'm so into. I don't know how you sit there and, and take notes and still take in everything that's that's happening. Um, I, I, watch, I don't have to watch my keyboard as I type, so... Well, I, I don't either, but Cliff no. does the same thing during Lost, and I'm, how can huh. you do that? See, but I'm more detail-oriented, and I, yeah. I take See, it in. You know, I, I do tend to miss <laughs> some of it, so I'm going to sit down and rewatch the episode tomorrow night. Yeah. So <laughs> I can absorb what I, the emotion of what I didn't catch yes. an hour ago. Yes. So, um, totally off-subject, what's up with ABC? Are Lost and Grey's Anatomy the only hit shows they have now? Because they're totally rerunning them in all their slots. Oh, I don't know. Wednesday Isn't at nine. Ugly Betty, a big hit. It is. It is, but it has a time slot, and it, you know, it, it's fine. But all of their shows that are, or all of their time slots that are like open with nothing to fill, they just keep showing everything else. Wednesday at nine, they're reshowing last night's Lost. Next Wednesday at nine, they'll reshow last night's Lost. Um, Friday night, they'll show tonight's Grey's Anatomy. It's go ahead, Cliff. What Maggie on uh, line nine? Okay, Maggie, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to say about um, George is that he his dad just died, and that is still maybe a week or so ago. So I think with him, the, the dead person in the body bag upside down, I think that kind of made him think about his dad. Oh, that's a good thought. And, and the, it could be. And the fact is, is he was he was giving Kareva a hard time about the fact that 
doesn't this death, doesn't this, all this surrounding you, doesn't this bother you? And so it was obviously bothering him. So um, it, just in the way that Karev saw the people out there as people and his patients are not really people. people right. The, the dead <laughs> well, his patients. To Karev, the dead people are not, not only are they not people and not only are they not patients, they're, they're just dead people. Right. And, and not that that's a, a character or are they dead analysis patients? of him. They're de- they're just dead patients. I don't. I, okay. Here, th- this is this is how my mind just just came across this. Okay, so so Alex doesn't do people. He 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 can handle patients because patients are a problem that need to be solved. Right. And That's and what I was so say. absolutely, if you take it in a more mathematical, um, scientific way, then then the patient is a problem that he needs to be solved. Well, the 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 people who are already deceased there's nothing left to there's nothing left to do there is nowhere else that that problem can go and so to to sit and dwell on it for alex seems meaningless but for george just losing his dad it's more real for him and he can feel that in a way that alex can't i think that alex was really trying to cover cover his emotions quite a bit even just by saying that I really don't think that he felt the way that he was trying to put across to George because the chief put on him to figure out a system to where you can give these people answers and they can find out if their loved one is alive or dead or missing and I thought it was really amazing that he figured out well I'm going to go get that Polaroid camera that George had in the last episode that's over in the clinic and I'm going to take pictures of all the people that are in the ER that are in surgery and then finally in the morgue and that was that was really a great idea to bring that to those people and I know it had to be hard for those people to see them all torn up and ripped up right. with and, well, and, tubes and, and, and hoses coming out of their mouths but he acknowledged that he's like I know this is going to be hard but you know you guys want answers and we want answers and here is a way that we can get them together and i love when he yelled at sydney that brings us back to sydney who oh. cliff likes but she just gets no, on i my didn't nerves. say that i like her i i said that she has her place mm-hmm. and i think that <laughs> and i said on another show <laughs> <laughs> no i i totally i mean she was there i believe that she slightly she was a comfort to alex at a very serious moment when he a comfort need, or a distraction no i don't think a distraction i think in a, in a very small way she helped comfort him for just a moment to help him focus and and then he turned away and See, then i he, don't think so i think that he i think that she distracted him in a moment that he needed you know, sometimes, like, I can say something to you that can make you think of something else, that can make you think of something else, and take you on a tangent. Yeah. Take your mind on a tangent. And I think in that moment, Sydney was that tangent for him. Not, okay. I don't think that she was comforting. I, I think that she probably, again, you guys obviously have a backstory for her that I will be soon really, be catching up on. Really, there's not much of a backstory for okay. her. Okay. Well, well, I did. She's more annoying before than she is now. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, <laughs> I, only I did not see any hint of annoyingness in her tonight. Okay, think of her cheerfulness that you saw last week. Yeah. Times uh. 25. I No, no, I'm talking about in this episode. That I, <laughs> yeah. no, tr- I, I was annoyed with her last episode. You know, <laughs> I, the whole thing with, you know, her in the clinic and stuff like that. Uh, I, I totally was annoyed by her. and I. But I'm just saying... This this episode was somewhat, somewhat redeeming of her character for me, 
and and I hope that they can keep that up for her, unless they yeah. want us to hate her. She okay. was better in this episode. I will agree with you there. Okay. You know, it, it was somewhat redeeming to her character, and she was more supportive in 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 her own way. Mag, Maggie actually must have uh, called back in again. She's now on line twenty three. <laughs> Maggie, you're on again. I was just gonna say, Sydney just has a happy personality, which is good usually, but when you see it in kind of the hospital situation with everyone having different personalities than the happiness, it kind of feels weird. When you are when you are in a when you're in that situation, anyone who is in a hospital is uncomfortable being there. That that's not some place where you you know, I think back to last year when my grandma died, being in that hospital was uncomfortable. And being in that waiting room was uncomfortable. And sitting next to the other families was, again, uncomfortable. And if someone like Sydney would have walked in the room, I think I would have shot her. I, I, I just, that's not what you want in that moment. And I don't yeah. think anyone there wants that. I think in, Sydney in that is moment. more suited for pediatrics. There you I think go. She would Put do her great with some kids and let them climb on her and vomit on her. And she would be great. But, and I don't mean that in a mean way. That's usually what kids do. And um, <laughs> so, anyway, that's I just th- there there is a place for her, but I don't think surgery is it. Hmm. What are you laughing at? Well, <laughs> Maggie's Maggie's in the chat room, and she says, "Next time, oh, hold on, here she is. She's she's on line one hundred and eight. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, go ahead. I agree. Sydney should definitely go with kids. I think that would be helpful. Okay." For her. Very she good. could no be a pediatric wrong. surgeon. She could. She could be a pediatric surgeon and and bring up the spirits of those kids. But no adult in that hospital wants to be that happy. Mm. Where else do we have to go tonight? What else did I, we not cover? I think um, Mar- Susie at the end. Well, oh, that, oh, there you ahead, go. Cliff. No, no, you yes, got go it. Ahead. You, you go All ahead right. and roll with it because uh, Mark had <laughs> Izzy said at the, end, the butter. She was just like Izzy, you know, you know, people die in front of us every day. Um, she she believes that Denny is always with her. You know, if I eat a cup of butter and no one sees me, the calories don't count. A and if a doctor chooses staple, if <laughs> yeah, if uh, a doctor chooses staples over stitches, they're being lazy. And then she told George that he made a mistake. And she says that I believe we survive. I believe that believing we survive is what makes us survive. Did you write that down? Yes. You go, Kim. <laughs> you totally rock. I, oh, I, I that really... was that was so great, and I think that's what all of them needed to hear at that moment in time. If anybody was going to say anything, that line, the "I believe we survive," and I believe that believing we survive is what makes us survive, was the perfect thing to say. I, I agree with you there, but I don't, you know, the whole being in the context of they're all waiting there to see if Meredith lives or dies. I don't think that seeing people die every day is going to help them watch their friend die right it, it, no it's not not going saying to. that she's going to die but you, do you know i'm it's different when you don't have that emotional attachment like if it's just a patient who walks in the door and it's somebody you don't know it's completely different than having your friend or your right. sister or somebody that you your know and person. that you love and you have that attachment to it's completely she, she, different she's she's my person she's you know and, and Meredith's my girl. She can't die. Meredith is my person. They can't take her away from me. And that's where Christina's at right now. Yes, Cliff. Uh, Actually, Maggie's now on line 15 and 16. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to just, Maggie, right before you talk, I have to tell you that he does this with my kids now. 
because we have three children. Anyone <laughs> who listens to us long enough knows that. And, and they are seven, five, and McKenna is nearly two. They all want to talk at the same time. All of them. Imagine that. And so Cliff now says, okay, caller number two, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> at, caller number three, you're up. At the caller di- number one, it's your turn. At the dinner table. the only That's very cute. The, o- the, only, the only problem is that I can't mute them when they... <laughs> when, I, I, would, I, would, I mean, for, for every time Maggie or anybody else says a statement, I kind of let them kind of get their statement, and, and then I allow Kim and Stephanie to respond to it. And so as soon as they get what they want to say out, I go ahead and re-mute them so that the conversation can go on, and I encourage everybody to keep hitting request to talk to bring in new comments, even if it's about the same conversation. But I, I just can't find the mute button on the kids at the dinner table, but it is fun. Yeah, they don't have mute Maybe buttons. Maybe you need to install one, Cliff. <laughs> Maybe, because I tell you, they've been off school on snow days for three days and i sure would like to find those mute buttons. where is that duct tape by the way <laughs> Baby. oh man i put i put duct tape over my five-year-old's mouth last week and he cried oh. <laughs> i yeah. felt so bad no, i put tape over megan's mouth one day and she laughed she just laid there and <laughs> laughed she thought it was the funniest thing ever so. Ma- maggie what'd you have to say i totally forgot now <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry it's okay. It'll come back to me. We'll just hit the request to talk button. Now there are there are a couple of people in the for, in the uh, chat room here that are also signed in. Uh, we have a uh, somebody by the name of Chelsea in the in the room, and we also have Barbara Bird. Now Barbara Bird. Oh, Barbara. Hello. You're you cannot get by without talking to us in this podcast. So and if you, she thinks she can, she's sorely mistaken. That's right. Uh, so I'm going to allow you to hit the request to talk button when you think of something to say. But if you don't think of something, um, you like, are going hello? to be in here soon. <laughs> All right. Oh, here she, there hey, we go. Call her on Cliff, line. She's on line eight. Line eight. Here we go. Uh, Barbara, you're on with us. Hello, guys. Hey. Hey, Barbara. I was just sitting here listening to Cliff talk. Oh, you're not supposed no. to listen to Cliff talk. Oh, come on. <laughs> Stephanie and I show. have been dominating this conversation. Where have you been? She must, she must have just chimed in. I hear in. a lot of Cliff. I hear a lot of Cliff. And That's there's because... nothing wrong with that. Oh, you people again. That, that, that's because Cliff nice. has control of the mute button. <laughs> Trust me, if I had control of the mute button, you wouldn't hear so much Cliff. I'm just teasing. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even getting a response out of him. He's just uh, ignoring me he's, now. He's got his sound effects going. He so. does. I do. How hey, are Barbara, you? I have a question for you. What did sure. you think about Meredith coughing and gasping and waking up there at the end, and then there's the bomb guy, there's Denny. What went through your head? I saw, I, as soon as she started coughing, I knew she was dead. And at first, I didn't know that was the bomb guy until you guys said it was the bomb guy. I'm like, who is this? I, I just thought he was deaf, period. And then when I saw <laughs> Denny, I was like, oh, wow, she really is dead. But I didn't see She's not dead. last week's show. And no one told me about the crash or any of that other stuff. So I didn't even know she was in the water. And so oh. they showed, like, the preview of it. And I was like, oh, boy, yeah, this doesn't look good at all. You need to go back and watch last week's episode. No one taped it for me. Go to abc.com. You can watch it live online. Okay. And you I'm only have to, to watch, like, how, how, many, how many commercials? 
Uh, like there's 45 only forty-five seconds worth of commercials. Th- it rocks. Yeah. Well, there th- are three commercials on there. I've watched it three times. Yeah, since it's, last okay. week. it's ninety seconds <laughs> 90. of commercials, and some of them are. Have to do that, Deb. Some of them are pretty good. Barbara, thank you very much. And uh, we have next on our lines here. We have Chelsea. So uh, Chelsea, you are now on. Go ahead. Um, that was definitely scary. Like the mom squad guy, and Denny, that was crazy. That like, was I made scary. my mom watch it with me. It was like when she like started coughing. It was crazy. Wow. I'm totally freaked out. Now she's not dead. I mean, she can't be. On on I I. Well, just... it won't be Grey's Anatomy without her. I, I think I agree with you, Chelsea. I agree with you. It will not be Grey's Anatomy without her, but. There, the, you know, there are all those cases where people see the light and, and come back. So I think that's what we're going to have here. Right. And maybe yeah, this is like an know. interim vision of what is happening. You know, what's go, what goes on in a person's mind when they're unconscious or under anesthesia or something like that. It's kind of like a dream state. They, they have this, their brain is still active. Well, hopefully her brain is still active. Yeah. And maybe this is what's going on. You know, she was there when... When I can't even remember the guy's name, the bomb guy, when he blew up, and you know she well, came there to rescue Izzy after was the it bomb guy. <laughs> the bomb guy. He's the now, bomb. Came there to rescue now, Izzy the... after Denny died. I mean, she was there for both right. of those people who died in the hospital. Now I'm I'm almost just a little surprised that um, George's dad wasn't there. Huh? Because she operated. She was in the room. Right. Very good call. Yeah. Very Thank good you. call, Kim. I'll give you that. Um. We okay, have Mark Kyle that would like to say something in a minute. Yeah, Kyle Chandler is the actor who plays the bomb guy. Okay. <laughs> just, just so we clear that up, we do know who he is. Um, Mark. What? Maggie dropped off. Mark's up now. Okay. I'll, okay. So thank you, Mark, for being next because you totally remembered what I wanted to say before we go to your call. <laughs> Was that Mark keeps referring to this as, uh, well, not just Mark, everyone. This this is a soap opera type show. And if anyone has ever watched a daytime soap, you know that people can die and come back like years later. So it's very possible that we are going to get the TV type miracle, the soap opera only miracle that we are wanting here. Is that acceptable in Grey's Anatomy? I'm, I'm just asking. No. no. Right now, yeah, it is because they're not killing Meredith. I'm, I'm not going to stand for it. They're not going to bring her they back can't... to life after she's been dead for an hour. Listen I to mean, me, it's... Kim. <laughs> Listen to me. They cannot kill Meredith. Two weeks after we start our podcast. No, they're Hello. not going to kill Where Meredith. Are we gonna go she from is there? not actually dead. She is just unconscious. She's going to come back and she's going to have struggles, but she's not dead. She flatlined. But they can't. She's not dead. <laughs> People can flatline. I know. That's they, what I'm saying. She's, she's going coming back. To ventral we are going fibrillation. To... They're going to put the shock pads on her chest and they're going to zap okay. the heck out of her <laughs> and she is going to go, Wah! She's okay. going to cough. You want to hear what my two year old says? What's your two-year-old say? Shush. And listen to me. <laughs> okay, listen. No, stop it. That's a triple whip. We are saying the same thing. We're just saying it different ways. What Stephanie's saying is that, listen. Yeah, the- okay, she's flatlined. She's unconscious. She's gone, whatever. But there, she's coming back. And I'm thinking that, you know, Maybe in the beginning she'll have these, you know, um, this debilitating state that's a result of her injury. But I think we're going to get a miracle that only can happen in TV where season four, Meredith is perfectly fine. Like nothing ever happened. Hmm. That That's what I, I want to happen. It, I would like to see that happen, but <coughs> I'm thinking that Excuse it's going to be somewhere between 
vegetative state and completely fine. I think that she will come back or that she will play a role in the background in the personal lives of all of the interns and Derek. Um, I have a feeling that I just have this feeling and I don't like the feeling, but I have the feeling that she is going to have so many problems that she's not going to be able to function as a doctor anymore. Yeah, okay. that, and that's... I think that she will play a role. I, I hate saying that. Okay. And I don't like that. But I, well, I just then good. Stop feel. saying it. Let's go to Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta unmute Mark. And Mark, man, the co-hosts are getting. <laughs> and Mark, calm it down and I in think here. What's gonna happen is that okay? Well, here's what's gonna happen. Meredith is gonna die, and then in season four, uh, McDreamy is gonna wake up and find her in the shower. What's going to happen is Meredith will be brain dead, and then we're going we're gonna to see flashes from, from her past and her future all sort of, oh wait, no, that's also the wrong show. <laughs> if anybody is missing out, he's talking about Lost. <laughs> And Dallas. Nobody can forget Dallas. <laughs> Dallas. Except for the young people. <coughs> oh, there's young people. <laughs> You're uh, old now, remember. I'm so old. I used to watch Dallas with my dad. Totally remember <laughs> that. So what else you got for us, Mark? Um, uh, not not much. I just you know, it was a fun episode. And I think I, I I mean I really honestly don't think that they're going to kill her. Although I I mean I've heard I've seen people in the chat room saying, "Oh my god, it wouldn't be Grey's Anatomy without her." Well, I mean it could easily be here. I mean, and unfortunately, not to sort of bring this stuff into it, but sometimes cast changes happen as a result of stuff that happens in real life. So, uh you never know in that regard in terms of shows. You know, the direction a show takes can sometimes have to do with uh contractual problems, uh getting another show, someone wanting off, or in the case of something that happened very recently, you know, there are cast changes that happen when people get in trouble for saying things that they shouldn't be saying in public. <laughs> Although that didn't happen, but uh, it could happen. So yeah. what we need to be doing is Googling Ellen Pompeo and finding out what's going on in her real life, right? No, Let, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, no. I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. All right, we got one last call for the evening, so let's, let's go ahead and uh, Maggie, you're back on with us. Go right ahead. I just thought that Denny and the bomb guy have got to have a reason to be there. I think it's going to be this is your life kind of thing or here's what you need to do to change it. Um, and I lost my train of thought again. But just that they have a reason to be there and they're going to be instrumental to help her find her specialty or her direction in life. I like that. I do I like too. That. Oh. Good point, Maggie. Good job. Well, guys, uh, we we need to wrap it up, and uh, I'm going to ask you guys what you want to do for the last uh, few minutes of the show here. All right. Well, I don't know that I have much else to say about the episode, besides Meredith is not going to die. No. All righty. Well, I'll tell you what. I do have a very short uh, bit of news that I want to share, so let me go ahead and uh, cue that up here. Alrighty, and this is the official news segment. Well, first of all, in it, it, I guess you could actually consider this Grey's Anatomy-related news. There is a brand new fan podcast for Grey's Anatomy. 
Have you guys heard about this? Once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to say congratulations. Um, I've been producing podcasts for well over a year now. And I, this is the seventh podcast that I've launched, and this is the very first podcast that received more than 1,200 subscribers after only the very first episode. That's amazing. 1,200 wow. subscribers to this show in one week. Wow. And that is amazing. And now so, let's see if we hold it up after two. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. Mine and Kim's little cat fight. Let's see how they handle that. I think they'll do good. And, and Cliff's actually starting to learn how to talk less. So that's going to be good, too. I, I, that's only going to boost your numbers. I'm sorry. That's funny. And uh, so I just want to say congratulations to you guys. Stephanie, you. I think you've done a wonderful job. Uh, tonight has just been an amazing uh, improvement over last week. And, Kim, uh, your your research and addition into it has been great as well. I just want to say congratulations to both of you guys. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Cliff. We couldn't have done this without you. <coughs> well, I'm, so we appreciate absolutely. that. So thank you so much. No problem. And I and I have to say congratulations to the people who are in the chat room listening to us live, streaming over the internet, and to all the callers that we've had today. Just the I don't want the, to congratulate them. Okay. I want to thank them. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, we we personally <laughs> thank you. I, I I say congratulate them for how awesome they've done of of figuring out the request to talk feature and all those things i mean this is i mean it takes a little technology (coughs) savviness to to get in here and participate stephanie um i i am am blown away by the numbers but i absolutely i already think cliff because i i could not do any of that part over there and i've said on on our other podcast you know if you ever open up your itunes to download this show and it's not there that's because something's happened to my husband and i don't know how i I don't know how to work any of that and all the people that we work with don't live in our states nobody can come help me (laughs) thank you cliff for your dedication to me and those buttons over there (laughs) so what you're saying to me is that if i were gone you would miss me maybe a little (laughs) oh (laughs) he knows i'm kidding Alrighty. Wait, I, I wasn't done tonight, can't we? I wasn't done. <laughs> okay. No, I totally know. I'm sorry. Okay. Now I have to say thank you to Kim because I couldn't do this without you. I cannot sit here and monologue for an hour, like some other people we know can. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you either. So yeah, anyway, right. <laughs> I was totally talking about you. Oh, Maggie anyway. thinks that you should learn all about this podcasting and, and recording stuff so that you don't need Cliff anymore. Hmm. Well, you know, I got to make him feel wanted. So. Oh. <laughs> Needed. Oh, man, this is not good. Oh, Clifford, I'm sorry. The words just came out wrong. I know. I, I totally okay. know what you mean. Okay. Um, but, Kim, I'm, I'm trying to thank you because I've wanted to do this podcast for a very long time. And... Um, I couldn't do it without someone who not only shares my love for Grey's Anatomy and podcasting, but is willing to sit and talk with me for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're very welcome. And I'm so glad that this is something that you had wanted to do. I had been, been thinking about the fact that there weren't any, there weren't any other Grey's podcasts out there. And it's like, well, if you don't see something out there, you want to go and and create it absolutely and and i'm so glad that i had heard your my crazy life podcast where you talked about that and i said well yeah 
let's let's see what we can do here. Now, Chelsea is pointing out the fact that there's an official win, and we, and we yeah, are we, aware yeah. of that. Uh, but this is we we were all talking about, um, and and well before the very first episode, uh, we are talking about the fact that there needs to be a dedicated, consistent, weekly, in your face fan podcast because the fans need a place to to voice their opinions about the show i mean you're not going to be able to call into the producers and the writers of of gray's anatomy and have them play your comments on on a podcast right and this is a place where you can come every thursday night immediately after any new episode of gray's anatomy and there's a place here there there we have more than 150 phone lines that you can call in on and and participate live <laughs> in this show so th- that is definitely here. I do have some other news, just real yes. quick. Anatomy carries ABC to Thursday win. Uh, this is from The Hollywood Reporter from February 10th. It says, Grey's Anatomy and its highest demo, uh, let's see here, and its highest demo rating since its September premiere carried ABC to a premiere win Thursday evening as the premiere, let's see, as the premiere of Survivor came out ahead of ABC's Ugly Betty and NBC's sitcoms at 8 p.m., Grey's Anatomy was the night's top show in both key measures, well ahead of CBS's uh, stalwart CSI, while Survivor was tops at 8 p.m. So congratulations to... I am totally amazed that we are now... Grey's Anatomy is rating higher than CSI. I mean, that was a major concern with the with the night change and the time change. And, you know, our... our fellow Grey's Anatomy fans have just come out in record numbers to prove that this show is worth it. Yep. And then uh, one last bit of uh, news. Uh, Grey's Anatomy now has an official magazine. Totally going to subscribe to that. It says here, you already have the DVD sets, the soundtracks. Your friends know never to call you on Thursday night and (laughs) Friday morning as you've engaged in discussions online and also in your uh, favorite fan podcast devoted to ABC's uh, Grey's Anatomy. Whenever the boss is out of sight... We know that what that's what's going on. Even then, you still can't get enough of Grey's Anatomy. Well, lucky for you, Titan Magazines is launching Grey's Anatomy's the official magazine. In the first issue, the magazine features an interview with Grey's Anatomy creator and executive producer Shonda Rhimes and takes a look back at the show so far to give viewers an up-to-date guide on what's been happening at Seattle Grace as well as investigating who's in Grey's Anatomy. Every issue will have an exclusive interview with some of the stars from let's see from Grey's Anatomy as well as the latest news from the set. We get the gossip from your let's see here. We get the gossip from your favorite characters and exclusive blogs from the Grey's Anatomy team and we explore real life surgeries with the show's medical experts. Plus, executive producer Betsy Beers answers readers Grey's Anatomy questions. Wow. Packed with the original material that can't be found anywhere else, Grey's Anatomy, the official magazine, is the perfect companion to your favorite television show. We promise you the wait will be worth it. Don't miss the newsstand de- debut on February 20th in just five days. And Ooh. folks, I will that totally be buying that magazine. is the news for Grey's Anatomy this hey, week. Hey, Mark, Mark has a good question. I think we ought to get him on the line there for a okay, second. Okay, let's... Uh, Mark, go, Mark, go ahead. You're on line. 
Yeah, you know, now that they're debuting a magazine, it would be the perfect opportunity for them to finally show Izzy's centerfold from season one. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. All right. And then, Maggie, you got another comment. Where where can I find the link to subscribe to get that magazine? Uh, Look at your newsstands. Go to to your local uh, bookstore and uh, where they have all the magazines hanging out. They'll be there February 20th in yeah, your I don't local think bookstore. It, yeah, I don't think it says anything about subscription. That just says This is an be official on... magazine. Okay. So you can probably okay. find out more information on abc.com. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this very special podcast episode of the Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast. <laughs> You have been listening to your host, Stephanie Ravenscraft, and her co-host, Kim, also known as Good Things Coming on the GSPN Listener Forum. You can find this and every other website that we, or every podcast that we produce at generallyspeakingpodcast.com. That's generallyspeakingpodcast.com. And if you would like to help contribute to our efforts here in Grey's Anatomy podcasting, there's a way that you can do that by going to our website and clicking on the PayPal donate donate button at the bottom of the screen in the menu there. It'll tell you how you can become a GSPN monthly supporter, or you can actually just uh, contribute to any type of one-time donation. Thank you. God bless you all. Have a great week, and we will be back here next Tuesday. Thursday. I'm sorry, next Thursday. For the conclusion of Walk on Water. Yes. And tonight's episode, what was it? Drowning on Dry Land. Drowning on Dry Land, which I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that title. We didn't talk about it at any because you don't have to be in the water to be drowning. And I think that every one of the characters felt that tonight. Particularly Derek. Absolutely. Wow. Well... I can't wait for next week, guys, and I can't wait to come back here and discuss this lovely conclusion. I know. My heart's ripped apart. I can't wait till next week to see how it all plays out. All right. Well, we'll be here. We'll be here. Take it easy, guys. guys. Bye.